0: Welcome to Two Titans and a Hunter, a Destiny 2 podcast, a show where we discuss tips, tricks, and tools to help all Guardians succeed and enjoy playing more. So, what makes us different, you may ask? Well, we're not streamers or YouTubers. We just have a passion for Destiny and are dedicated to keeping Guardians informed and up to date with all the latest Destiny 2 news and information and opinions. We encourage your questions and feedback. You can contact us either by email at 2Titans a Hunter at hotmail.com or on Twitter at 2Titans underscore Hunter. Now, on with the show.
1: And welcome to our very merry Destiny episode, holiday special cheer thing
0: with Lore Extravaganza.
1: All of them so much lore. You think you know all the lore? I guarantee you don't know all the lore. We know lore that we didn't even know was actually lore. I have no idea what I'm saying. Stop me from talking.
0: Respawn. Grab your kids. Grab your wife. Grab your booze. Sit around the Christmas tree, because it's time to listen to some lore with not our lore,
2: indeed.
1: Oh, I was even picking up my keystrokes. Oh my god, this is super duper sensitive!
2: It will be because it's recording from your own mic, so it's going to be super well, it's sensitive. and recording it's
3: recording directly mic. on your PC. Yeah, oh yeah. So it's going to be a
2: little no more bit bad more bad quality
1: voice. for me, baby. Well, <laughs> oh God, I can actually hear him run <laughs> <mic> cutting out. <laughs>
2: I can still cut him out. I've told him this. I can always cut him out in post.
1: You sure can. But then all of my minions and fans and the respawn army will, you know, retaliate against you. Will they? They will. Because they don't know. Mm-hmm.
2: I'll tell them. Should we get into the law?
3: Right. Yeah, sure. Lore. Yes, let's look, at, let's look at it in the law. Right, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start on Aldrin or go with Eva first and then go into Aldrin off the back of that? Because it kind Let, of Let's get rid
1: in. of Eva, because Eva kind of sounds a little boring to me after reading what I read. Oh, and, she's not. Well, I know she's not. Well, I mean, it depends on your view. Like, you know, okay, here's the, que- here's the first question I had, right? How long did the Red War last canonically, right? Because in the game, it was like, a day it, that's
3: because you completed <laughs> well, the campaign not really because if you think we, we we yeah if you look at it how it actually skipped parts of the uh, the initial campaign mission that went on for some time when we're walking through the actual from where we escaped the city walk through the mountains follow that stupid bird and we just didn't quit took out the traveler i took out goal so the black, the, the
1: black screens between, like when we're traveling, like a lot of time passed or whatever, because it fades yeah. to black every now and again, and, and, and it looks like we kind of pass out or whatever.
3: That's right. So this in that in that time we were going through that, I I get the impression that was maybe a month or a couple of months actually long.
1: But do we know exactly how long? Because you said you have the impression that it was that long, but but do we know exactly how long?
3: We've got no confirmation at time, but you get a better. Well, once we actually go through Eva's, this this law book is actually entitled Eva's Journey. Now, I believe it was actually got. Uh, we gained this by going through a lot of the um, original Dawning.
2: Okay, so um, is this the the
3: original Dawning in D two? Okay. Yes, because it's actually a law book, not a Grimwald card. Because you only got really got your Grimwald cards back in D one. This will lead into Aldrin and the Crow. But while I'm just bringing that up, just a little bit of interest for you. How old do you think Aldrin was?
1: Ooh, I don't even actually know how how awoken age, actually.
2: What do you mean? How old he was when he died via
1: the Forsaken campaign? That's right, yeah. I mean, he looks to be, you know, mid-30s, maybe early 30s, but... We know Awoken live longer than that, but I don't know how long they, they live, right? So, I have no idea.
3: Uldren is thousands of years old. So is Mara, yeah, and so are all the Awoken. Because <laughs> Uldren uh, actually dates back to the Golden Age, uh, when he was called Uldwen, uh, uh, brother of Mara. Yes. Uh And his major character flaw was to actually try and impress his sister it was too yeah exactly his devotion to his sister was
1: legendary well not just to his sister right because also um there are other instances i came across i can't remember off the top of my head but there was another instance where it showed his actual devotion right and me and somebody else were having this discussion um a couple weeks back and i was all like you know he's not a bad guy per se he's just a really devoted guy and sometimes he's just devoted to the wrong thing but now that he's a guardian maybe now he'll devote himself to the light and to the vanguard which for us would be a good thing with his you know uh with his position towards being devoted to a cause or an individual or or a fill in the blank right so yeah yeah i mean i think he would definitely be an asset as a guardian
3: Back at the beginning of D1, we had to take out the Dark Heart in the garden, didn't we?
1: Yeah.
3: Yes. Now, who did we get directions from to the garden?
1: Wasn't that him? Ah, uh, yes. Him and Mara. It was. It wasn't was him.
3: It? He told us how to get into the Black Garden because he'd already been there. Yeah. And this was to actually—he got in there to actually impress the, his people and to show his devotion to his queen. But something happened while he was in the garden. This is why I want to get all this off my chest. He became infected with something. Right, yeah. It's the yeah, same that's infection that came had... he across the darkness. Yeah, and that infection festered in him for a long time. Oh, okay. Now, it's that, that infection that gave Riven a way in.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Wow. Now, with that infection of the darkness and a taken up... Uh, Arhamkara, Wish Dragon. Yeah, I can't say that bloody name. Ahamkara. With Aham-Kara. a take. A, that's the one. For some reason, I can't say it.
2: You can't say Savathun either, but you know. Savathun. Yes.
3: Spelt the same. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I can say it. see? Proceeds to say it incorrectly. <laughs> Sorry. Go. 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 Yeah.
3: Basically, those two things combined twisted his mind that badly that he was completely overcome with them and actually, with the visions he saw and the way Riven brought back Fickrel, the um, the, ta- the taken... um, Well, no, he was the founder of the Scorn. Because it was actually Riven that brought him back. Because if you notice something, when you see Aldrin when he's under the influence of Riven, he's got that almost... How would I describe it? It Looks like, you know, when you look at Eris and you see that her tears or the uh,
0: yeah, yeah her the ra- black crap in his eyes, the black crap yeah. on her
3: face. Yeah, he's got yeah. that. Yeah, which is which is partly the infection, partly the possession by the wish dragon, and that conv- okay. combined. He wasn't aware of his actions when he shot Cade. I know this is this is why I will defend him. And he, yes, he it he did it, and yes, he is guilty of doing it. But, before you judge him as the Crow, don't forget this, he's already been sentenced to death and has been executed.
1: Exactly! That's what I was trying to tell them! He's already paid the price for his crimes. We, or I don't know, somebody shot him in the face. I don't know if it was our guardian or what, but he he has fulfilled his- He has
3: paid the ultimate sacrifice there by being executed there for his crimes. That absolved him in my eyes, and with Glint coming back now, you've got to remember when a guardian is resurrected, He's not the they same have person. absolutely no knowledge of their previous life.
1: See, God, see, I'm so glad some... you're saying this. I've been telling people this for weeks, especially your friend that we were discussing earlier. <laughs> I almost said something bad, but especially you, like your friend that we were discussing earlier, the one that keeps calling him a murdering, you know,
3: murdering bad word.
1: Yeah. Um, I was like, he's he, he's not, He's not the same guy. She goes, it's the same guy. I'm like, if you even want to get into it, he doesn't even have the same body, all right? It's not the same memories. It's not the same personality, right? Because Guardians come back sometimes with different personalities, remember?
3: Technically, it is actually the same body because it hadn't had time to decompose fully.
1: But it's reborn in
3: light. It is reborn in light. Right. And he has no knowledge of his previous actions. As you can actually tell that by your the voice lines with him
1: exactly yeah and he's actually excited to see us as guard as fellow light bearers right and he's excited to work yeah. with us and us being around puts him at ease by his own words right so no matter yeah. how you look at it this is not the same Aldrin Sov. he's not even called Aldrin Sov anymore so for all these people that keep giving him crap and i understand as 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 somebody who's obsessed with Cade, I completely understand your hatred, but you also have to realize this is not the same guy that killed him. If you really follow Destiny lore and how Guardians as a let's call them species function, you know.
3: Yes. So let's take this to the one of the old Dawning ships, uh, the Amistate Amnesia S two entry. Okay. It's quite a good looking ship, actually. So. When was this available? Was it available in the first Dawning? Uh, this was actually, I think it was last year, 20, uh, 10th to the 12th, 2019. So that it was, was last year's year. Dawning. Okay. Yeah. The Dawning welcomes everyone. Eva Levante. For the last three weeks, the Guardian has been camping in a rusted out shipping container, far off the main pathways that are always buzzing with sparrows. He stays out of the way of other Guardians and if he can't do that, he keeps his helmet on. Always. All he has to his name is some beat-up gear, a ring and a silk sheet. Those are the things he woke up with. He wears the ring on a chain and keeps the sheet as a comforting reminder of something he can't remember. Sometimes he wears it draped around his shoulders. The fabric is so fine that it makes him think about the place he must have come from before his, this life and how much nicer it is than where he is now. He spends his days alone. Other guardians are an unpredictable source of pain and confusion. They all see him in the same way. Some react to him with outright hostility. Others are overcome by some personal personal and unexplained grief. He doesn't know why. This was the most painful lesson of being reborn. It's better to be alone, so he's always alone now, except for his ghost. One night, he sits with his head against his knees and listens to the distant snaps of gunfire. He hasn't seen anyone in about a week, but he can hear them. Somehow that makes the loneliness worse, more potent. Did you know, his ghost says, bright but gentle, the purple glint of his shell reflects the half-light outside the crate, that in the last city they are celebrating, they call it the Dawning. It is a celebration of friendship and hope and warmth. The guardian keeps his eyes closed and forces down his bitterness the silence lingers between them heavy and filled with unsaid things until his ghost gently bumps his shoulder to feel good they say to each other happy dawning still the guardian says nothing and his own silence makes him sick with himself his ghost has never doubted him never doubted anyone really he is a well of relentless optimism and as infuriating as that is, it's also heartbreaking, and comforting, and a relief. The Guardian is not going to be the one to disappoint him. There's been too much disappointment in this life already. Happy dawning, he says.
1: I remember that that that's that last year we had that whole discussion on how how he's back as a Guardian because I think before that it was unsure who was in the sheet, right? Yes. But that solidified that it was in fact. Um, Aldrin Solf, Aldrin yeah.
3: yeah well the so Guardian formerly formerly known as Aldrin
1: yeah because he didn't have the name yet the yeah Crow yeah gotcha. I, th- I
3: actually think that suits him it does and he well, actually he seems yay. a genuinely nice guy
1: yeah now yeah
3: if that doesn't get anyone with it to realise the treatment he's been getting and he literally doesn't know why he's been getting this he doesn't understand that what he's done well, it's not him that's actually done it. It's Aldrin that did it. Not him. Right. It's almost <laughs> bullying. And basically. even then,
1: it wasn't even Aldrin. It was Aldrin corrupted heavily by freaking um
3: by Darkness and the Wish Dragon.
1: Yeah. Right? So I understand people are like, well, he had the choice to ignore the wish dragon. But did he though? With the darkness heavily influencing him? It's like getting somebody you know, hyped up on drugs and alcohol, where they are not fully in control of their actions, right? And then coercing them into doing something that they think is a good idea. Qu- uh, quotes, right? And then blaming them for it afterwards. Do you, you, know, do you know
3: what? Do you know what a wish dragon feeds off?
1: Uh, I did. I don't remember though.
3: Now it feeds off your desires, and the more you yeah. desire something, the more it feeds it. So he's so the perfect when, person basically. Yeah, because his desires and the infection he had, when, when Fickrel was killed, because he was killed, he was bereft with guilt and grief. And that's when Riven got him, because his greatest desire was for Fickrel to live. And that's the wish that happened and that's what created the scorn and the dark ether.
1: Gotcha. I always thought his greatest wish was for his sister to still be alive, because at the time, we all thought she was dead.
3: Well, that's and I don't... that that was his greatest wish then, but once he actually raised Fickrel, and they had the power then, that's when Riven started to come to him in the visions. And that's when he fooled him for getting the Shard of the Traveller, and he thought he was actually bringing his sister back, but he wasn't. That's when he almost ended up getting... Um, it was. Was it eaten by the um the meatball at the end of the campaign there?
1: Yeah, he was eaten. It was a taken
3: taken meatball, wasn't it?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one we have to fight in Gambit all the flipping time. I haven't had that one for a while. Well, I'll say a while, but I've not been on it in a while. Have you been playing Gambit? No. Okay, so bit of a side note right here. Oh, in there Gambit? No, 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 no. In Gambit? No, no, no.
2: What do you mean? No, no, no.
1: Wait, just a second. It's not a tangent, but like. It's not. It's a story. It's always a story. It's It's not a story. Listen. You're just making it longer now. Let me know how. Yeah, exactly. You're doing this to yourself. (laughs) But in in Gambit, all the matches that I've played so far, at least, and I'm not even exaggerating, at least half, if not more, have been the daggum meatball. And I was asking myself, what is going on? Why do we keep seeing so much of the meatball? Do either one of you know the reason why the meatball is so prevalent in Gambit now? No idea. Okay. I don't know if something happened in the storyline and now the meatball is like playing a bigger role in it or whatever because it's a new gambit. I have no idea. I think he's just one of
2: the bosses and he's just in the rotation. Maybe he's higher than some of the others at the moment. Oh, I hate that. Due to the fact of the lament being such a yeah, that's why I'm complaining because for... <laughs> <to laughs> have with yeah, exactly. <laughs> I hate that. But you're going off tangent.
1: No, because you brought up the meatball and it, whatever. And, oh, yeah, you remembered something. Yeah, it's relevant. It's about the meatball. But now you're staying off tangent.
3: Right, now this book is called Eva's Journey and it gives you a good insight it's actually one of my favourite. It's, it's quite an underrated book I actually quite like this one because it it gives a lot of background to what is potentially a very what I pre- viewed as a very underrated cra- uh, character that I nicknamed for a long time Gran- Grandma Stranger Danger because she just appeared in the tower at random times saying go and do this and I'll give you a machine gun
1: I give you some cookies <laughs> no she
3: used to give you shaders and emblems in destiny yeah.
2: one so she was useful up to a point and you know Is she, she now? was a proper vendor no she she's just a visiting vendor these days isn't she they yeah. use her for holiday events and events they can't explain it's like the old granny's come back to the tower and she's gonna give you a quest to go off and do and for a, for a long time, time it
3: was, with you. Th- was theorized she was savathun there. Is that all right? You did can, I say it properly that time? Still
1: theorized. It still that is theorized. Unless you have some information we don't have.
3: Uh, as far as I know, that's that's pretty much been debunked.
1: Okay.
3: But with uh, with uh, what's happened with Savathun, and it's the darkness that's driven her into and Savathun into hiding because they, it, the darkness doesn't like the fact she she interfered with them trying with them trying to contact us. Who interfered? Savathun. She did. That's what the interference we missions were, right? Every week in uh, in that last uh, that last season. I
1: didn't connect those dots. Good to know.
3: This is called just another day at the tower. It's the first sort of chapter of uh, Eva's journey. The arched eyebrows spoke volumes. Eva Levante grinned, threatening to break through her deadpan. The request was simple enough: a shader to commemorate the end of the Seaver incident. Zavala's colour suggestion though. Her companion held up the cloth, a ghastly combination of fluorescent yellow and blood red that would have hurt the eyes even if it wasn't laid against a particular nauseating set of stripes. Test size. He can't make the he can, he can make the hive quake in fear, but that man shouldn't be let within 10 metres of a designer's table.
1: <laughs>
2: the, the reason why Eva Levante's returned. I think the first year that we had the Dawning, she wasn't there, was she? I think, it, like you said, it was all through Tess Eververt. No, it wasn't through Tess. Yeah, Tess. It was from, through it was, Amanda uh, Holiday, wasn't it? Yeah. 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 So the whole thing for the first year in Destiny 2 was through Amanda Holiday. And yeah, it was, like you said, it was, she's decided she wants to come back and get involved in this.
3: Well, she was actually recuperating at the farm for a long time.
2: Okay. She was in the original tower, wasn't she? When it yes, up? when the
3: uh, the Red War hit.
2: Okay.
3: The two women were still laughing when a shudder rocked the tower. They turned as one in the direction of the far off sound that followed, a roaring noise neither of them had heard before. The PA blared in the small utility room they'd claimed as a lounge. The evacuation order seventy seven is in effect. This is not a drill. All civilians report to designated evacuation areas immediately. Tess was at the door, palming it open when another explosion much closer shook them where they stood. Smoke and screams floated down the hallway. Eva's memories of what followed were disjointed. She was running with Tess, gasping for breath. She remembered murmuring the names of her cousins, worrying about them down in the city. She was in a large crowd now. Tess was falling behind as Eva was crushed forward. Another explosion and the fire door slammed shut. Tess was gone, and Eva found herself with about 30 people in a small cargo bay between Tower North and the Hall of Guardians. A man was trying the far door shouting that it was sealed. Then the roof came down. A large sphere crashed through the decks. Cabal clambered from the pod, struggling against their bulky, bulky armour as they began to fire at the civilians. That's when a dazzling blast of energy took them from behind. The shouting was enough for ten men, but when Eva could see again only one massive guardian was there, ending Cambale's soldiers with a blade as long as she was tall. The helmet faced of Lord Shax turned this way, and that taking in the room. Two quick strides brought him to her side, and with a surprising gentleness he helped Eva to her feet. Madame, he intoned, and she could feel the bass of his voice in her chest. I need your help and at his insistence she took charge of the civilians. As he took point for their little group, with the confidence of the looming presence of the Crucible Master at her back, it was effortless to keep the others quiet and focused. When they reached an evac site, a trio of anxious-looking hawk pilots waited with their craft. As the last of the group climbed aboard, Shaxx laid a heavy hand on her shoulder. He towered over her and said simply, Comrade, and then he was gone. Back towards the fighting, his massive sword swung over his shoulder. Eva's last view of the tower, as her, as her hawk pulled away, was ruin and flame. And we all know what that sword is over Shax's back because he stole it out of our vault.
1: That's not the Helm Splitter, is it? No, no.
2: I think it's the Raze Lighter.
3: Raise lighter
1: or raise the lighter. other one. That, gotcha.
2: Yeah, the, the three exotics that we got in Destiny 1 that haven't
3: returned yet. Yeah, Shax has got them all.
1: Fair enough
3: loss of light valentina and her son lewis peregrine district apartment block 10 fourth floor it's the one an explosion nearly cut her off but she shouted into the comms unit all the louder it is the one with the green awning please the voice of the militia woman on the other end of the line was emotional i'll send a unit but ma'am, the fighting across the district did i not give you my tower clearance code Eva's own voice scared her, a whip-crack of anger. A pause on the other end. Yes, ma'am. I'll go myself. Tozy out. Eva slumped back against the wall. She raised her head to look around. She must have been a bakery at one point. Now the little cafe tables were barricading the doors of the and, and the counter's glass case had been smashed into the far wall with display racks. The militia XO she borrowed the comms unit from snapped a few shots over the half wall that remained on the shop's exterior. They looked back in her direction anxious. Can you fire a weapon? Her helpless look must have been an answer because they reached out for the comms unit. She slid across the floor and then quickly punched into a sequence of codes. Another blast nearby caused the other civilians in the room to whimper and moan with fear. The XO barked into the unit. We need guardian support, corner of the 1400 block, anchor district. I have a large number of civilians here and our position is being overwhelmed. They punctuated their transmission by leaning out and firing off another half dozen shots. The cabal roared back in animal, in animal fury. It wasn't more than two minutes before Eva heard it, distinctive sound of a sparrow running full out. She dared to gather herself into a crouch and peered out of the building. She was watching just in time to see a pair of them, a hunter and a warlock. That's Respawn. Yep. <laughs> Descend on the invaders like vengeful angels. These two were professionals, she could tell, no swagger to them. They were efficient and deadly, and the soldiers began to fall back. Something happened. Eva couldn't see what it was, but both the guardians reeled. The warlock dropped to one knee, like his strings had been cut. The hunter shook her head and raised a hand in the air, a distinctive signal calling for the light, but nothing happened. The cabal, like they'd been waiting for this moment, had struck hard. The hunter was bowled over by a charging centurion and crushed underfoot. The warlock didn't seem ever really to recover and fell to the ground riddled by the weapon fire of a dozen soldiers. The Exo was standing fully upright now, shocked, and even as Eva opened her mouth to tell to get down, they fell, a sniper's target. One of the men retched in the corner, horrified. Eva gave herself no time to think. She snatched the comm unit from the ground and pushed past the civilians into to a far wall. She used the reinforced case to smash out the glass and began hoisting children through once the largest glass shards were cleared out of the frames. She was the last out of the building and a few stray bullets plucked at the wall near her as she made her escape. They didn't stop running until they were sure no one was following. She had no idea which district they were in, no clue even what the building used to be. Much of the orderly streets and the well-tended boulevards she knew had become a maze of debris, the last safe city, a maze of collapsed and ruined structures. The children were huddled up in a great pile as the older folk talked quietly among themselves. Everyone was crying on and off, but they tried desperately to keep it quiet. A high-pitched chirp across the comm unit startled Eva and she slammed her head back against the wall behind her. She hadn't even realised she still had it. She reached down and keyed the pad. A hushed voice said, Ma'am. Her own voice low and shockingly gruff as she answered, This is Eva Levante. Is this Tozy? A pause. Tozy's dead. She wanted me to make sure someone got back to you though. Another long pause. Eva fought the urge to scream. I'm sorry, Miss Levante. Block 10 is gone just gone. I think some of the automated defences managed to come online early in the fight, and one of their command ships must have crashed. Ava didn't hear the rest of the words. So, now we're getting a bit of time scale to this. We know the tower's been attacked, and we know the Starfish of Doom has actually encircled the Traveller at this point. And the, all, all the Guardians are pretty much helpless.
2: So this is Destiny 2, Year 1. This is the events, if you're new to Destiny... Yes happened in the first year with the red war before forsaken before beyond light before shadow keep had kind of even happened
3: if you if you've actually played the red war campaign this is a bit where you're getting your hide kicked around the ship by gaul just as you've lost your light right hiding at home eva checked the time on the small comms unit she clutched to her chest It seemed impossible, but it had been under two hours since she'd been sitting and laughing with Tess. Time had stretched for her like the taffy candies that some of the vendors sold during the dawning festival. She would have sworn that it was days ago, longer than that, when she'd been sitting in her cousin's flat, hugging Valentina, saying goodbye to Lewis. Eva, we don't owe them anything, a gruff cough of one of the other civilians. Everyone's voice was grinding imitation of itself ash filled the air and no one could clear their throat. Eva clasped a rag to her mouth as she answered, croaking, how dare you. Her voice rose with her anger. Your whole life they've kept you safe and now you would just want to abandon them. The subject of their dispute lay collapsed on the floor of the warehouse, a quartet of guardians, all of them wounded and bleeding from their flamboyant armour. Even as she weighed up the future of their little band, she couldn't help but appreciate their fashion sense. The Hunter, of course, had put in the most effort.
1: <laughs> oh, my mic is on. I'm sorry. I didn't realize <laughs> to laugh over you like that. But the the fashion sense. Oh, God. Yeah, continue. Go. Sorry.
3: He might, he might be wounded injured, but he's got some good dress sense.
1: That's right, man. What about the Hunter, though? You were talking about the Hunter.
3: Yeah, he was, uh, he'd put in the most effort.
1: Ah, yes, of course.
3: The man arguing with her was a, was paunchy and fashion illiterate, wearing a bland, functionary uniform. Part of the consensus staff. He scowled at her and grated out. We can barely move the lot of us around, let alone all of us and a bunch of wounded, powerless guardians. Why should we risk You her? don't think they've risked their lives a hundred times over for you. She pulled the rag away from her face and coughed a mass of phlegm and ash over the side. Her mother would have died all over again in shock. We have to keep moving. We have to keep them with us. And we have to hold out. Whatever this is, it's temporary. He grimaced, but she pressed on. When they regain their light, they will Her diatribe was cut short by a blast of static on the comm unit. So loud she dropped it to the floor. The reinforced case took the blow so everyone around could clearly hear the deep voice of Commander Zavala when he began to speak. Citizens of the last city, hear my words. Like a people dying of thirst, the civilians moved to circle the commune. Zavala had been a pillar and a beacon of hope all their lives. Surely he would. We are an abandoning the city. We have evacuated everyone we could, but the cabal now hunt guardians in the street. If you are able, you should make for the wilds. Eva felt as if she had been physically struck. The cabal have affixed a device to the traveller. They sever our connection to the light. We cannot hold the city. We cannot protect you. There was a long pause as if he was weighing his words carefully. When he spoke again, Zavala sounded very, very tired. We are setting a rally point elsewhere in the system. Watch for a broadcast. We will return to the city someday. But I do not now know when. Another pause. Be safe. Be brave. And he was gone. To their credit, the group did not yell or shout, even though it had been like only a matter of hours. They were all alive because they'd learned not to give away their position. They did cry, though. Tears streaked down their faces. Those faces looked from one to another as they sought to understand to comprehend. Eva did not cry. She stared at the comms unit. All she could think about was Zavala's shoulders. She'd often joked with him about the size of the pauldrons in his armour, that massive protective plate on his left shoulder. And now, for some reason she thought she understood the weight on his shoulders. Eva stood and all eyes turned to her. She flinched a little and then choosing her words carefully. Most of them are leaving, so we have to help them. She gestured at the guardians. If we can keep them alive, they can protect us, keep us safe. She looked around the group and found people nodding. Where do we go? One woman asked. Eva looked back down at the comms unit. The Kapal will have heard that. They'll be watching the walls, expecting us to try to leave. She looked up at the room, so we stay here. We make make for the edge of the city to try and find somewhere the cabal won't expect us to be. The seamstress reached down and pulled up the comms unit, sing, slinging it over her shoulder. Everybody up, it's a long way to Twilight Gap. So this would have been really helpful at this point if we'd have had
2: the darkness, because they could have shut off the light and we'd have gone, ha ha, we have the darkness.
3: I freeze you. Yeah. <laughs> so any questions so far well I'm, I'm confused that
2: that the darkness is something that wants to be sought after and wants to be taken you know, by us, it, it's sought us out after all these years and said you know, we want you to, to wield us and use us why didn't it do that to the cabal, because that would have been a lot easier for the cabal at that point, wouldn't it, rather than trying to capture the traveller and capture the light Gaul would have been better off maybe going after the darkness
3: but we already have an answer to that and this was actually explained in the in the campaign believe it or not you know when we freed the traveler yeah and the well i say we freed the traveler we defeated gaul and that he became that in incandescent angel of light yeah and then the traveler stripped off the bonds of whatever the starfish of death. Yeah. And it sent out that massive pulse It did, didn't of, it? Yeah. Of light. Which then triggered And it woke the up the darkness. Yeah, it
2: triggered through the system.
3: And it went. it went through the system and out the system and it the wave went over the uh the fleet of pyramid ships. So the And then they
2: turned on. But the fleet of pyramid ships have always been out there. And now we found other pyramid ships on other planets like the moon and places that the Kabul have been. So I'm just confused at the the storyline of if they were out there and they were, you know, the hive found them buried beneath the moon and kept it a secret for quite some time. And that one on Europa has been there for quite some time
1: but but see that's just it though, they were right? dormant i mean up until the traveler did the thing they were inert they weren't giving were, off they? any
3: signals at all it wasn't it wasn't until exactly. aris actually found that uh, the uh, the pyramid ship in in the moon uh, in the in the last year in um, yeah. shadow keep that it actually started to give off signals to actually make its presence felt with the nightmares. That's, okay
2: but I, yeah, I understand that the the shockwave sent it out across and triggered all the pyramid ships to come back on, even the one on the moon. But then the heart of darkness was on Venus in Destiny One, so that was quite active, and drawing like like you said, Aldrin to it, so that it could kind of.
1: But not a whole lot of people knew how to get there, you know. It was. So it I was, mean, it, the, the Cabal heart... wouldn't have known to go kill a Gate Lord, take its eye there, and then boom, now you're in. You know? Well, that's how
3: Aldrin first got in. They got the Cabal to kill the Gate Lord, and he got through. That's how he got through the gate because he tricked the Cabal into doing that.
1: And then what? Just killed the Cabal? How no. did they not remember how to do it?
3: Basic, basically, he uh, he fired off a few rounds at the uh, at the Cabal. They they stood in front of the gate, and they they had the few Vex guards out there. Of course, the Cabal fired back, thinking it was the Vex. The Vex fired back at the Cabal. Carl, but Cabal fired at Vex. Gate Lord came out, activated the gate, and to simplify things, that's when uh, Aldrin and uh, his friend Jul- Jolian actually got through the gate. When the Gate Lord was dis- uh, when the Gate Lord okay. was killed by the Cabal.
2: But then I suppose there are different factions of the Cabal, like we have learnt, like the the Red Legion, and then there are other different legions that are associated with other people the siege dancers and the um dusty And eaters. then you've got Is the callus crew haven't you with like there's Met those on on his ship that's like you said
3: disappeared into darkness at the moment well i question that actually what if you know how the planets have disappeared by the pyramid ships they've just basically moved them off into auto out of, sync, out of sync with our reality yeah. so they're still there but that's they're not that's some pretty that.
2: powerful ship
3: yeah have they done that with the um, with Leviathan if they can do that to a planet the yeah, Le- Leviathan I think they shouldn't have be done any that problem
2: Leviathan is somewhere that I've heard yeah somewhere either in game right now, or yeah. read that the Leviathan is in one of the same situations that the planets are in it's like a black hole it's there with the the pull of the atmosphere and things you know the moons are still moving around but it's not there
3: yeah it's 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 the gravity yeah. of its mass is there but it's not there itself okay but yeah that's <laughs> sorry we we we've gone off on a sorry i know that's, that's normally his
2: it's normally his thing <laughs> to I mean, do but we it was just interesting that, you know if we'd had the darkness at that point in time what would the game or what would the
3: outcome would have been Right, so now that leads us on to the new normal. Just getting to the outskirts of the city was an ordeal. Every day they saw the cabal's control tightening. Civilian groups saw the odd guardian try to make a break for it, only to be brought down by a swarm of ships hungry for a kill. The streets were no safer, with patrols moving in tandem and tanks rumbling through the district centres. Years of supporting the guardians, of listening to their idle chatter, had filled Eva's head with details about these horrific invaders. She realised they were doing a rigid block-by-block sweeps, unimaginative, unimaginative and plodding, just as described by the Tower. Their group hid and, observed by, uh, and moved only when the Cabal did. In that careful manner they arrived at the far reaches of the city, parts long abandoned where humanity was just a shadow cast upon the walls. Eva found herself in, the, in consultation every day, organising foraging patrols back towards the centre. Evenings were spent suggesting strategies for the upcoming coming days. And to her great satisfaction, she spent nights sitting with needle and thread, trying to make sure the survivors would stay warm on the move. As the three guardians recover, they lost their titan on the way to the Gap. And they, and they started offering more guidance. At their suggestion, the survivors never stayed in the same place more than a day or two. They posted lookouts every night and turned on the comms unit only for every other day to listen for broadcasts for a chance transmission for hope. Eva was there in the room when the Guardians heard Savala's voice. His short statement played over and over. If there is any light left in the system, we rally on Titan. If there was any light left she in shut the, system, the door, and s- so the other civilians time. wouldn't hear, if and listened the system, as they had it out. We're the other warlock, Tam, identified herself as Trin's sister, and they were adamant that they'd try somehow to get off world and head for Titan. The hunter, Ramos, was just as adamant to stay. Their discussion wound down and came to a slow stop when all three guardians, looking at her, she held up her hands and said. I trust you all to do the right thing. They stayed and quickly became integral to the success of their operation. What had begun as as a simple survival became an organised effort to evacuate civilians from the last city. Foraging parties inevitably came back with more people than they left. Scouting parties probed the edges of the city and found avenues of escape. Places where the cabal had lacks in their patrols. Eva found that the same skills she's used to plan the holidays in the tower it were invaluable in organising this underground movement. She had cobbled together boards from old classrooms to create a schedule and wrote on the backs of old forms and newsletters to make delivery packages of civilians and the occasional lightless guardian. Day in, day out, this became her quiet routine. She faded into the background of the underground, plan, move, sew, repeat. Even when contact was finally made with the farm and getting survivors to the EDC became the goal, Eva was always there making sure the trains ran on time. After some thought, she asked that her role not be spread around. She got word to people like Tess that she was alive, and that was enough for her. She had the chance to get out of the city dozens of times, but every time she thought she'd take that exit to go with the convoy, she stopped herself, settled back, did the work. And that's how the months of the Red War passed for Eva Levante. So that there is confirmation that the Red War was actually months. So those cutscenes going through the mountains, trying to get to the farm, and that initial initial campaign, was months for us. That would have been nice to have at the time. Have
2: like little cutscene, or where it fades to black. Go, you know, three, yeah, three months, six months, just to explain the timeline in game for us of how long that we've kind of been out of action
1: yeah because i mean for all i know i just i passed out from exhaustion and took a day's rest or something not months have passed or whatever right yeah that was definitely unclear
3: the good fight abuela ma'am it was quiet for for a whisper but enough to wake eva for a spinning disorientating moment she thought she was sitting in her living room back in the peregrine district. Her favourite afghan over the end of a couch and Carlos standing over her. But that wasn't Carlos. The concerned face of the hunter Ramos looked down at her. More than a few of the guardians that went through the underground had taken to call on her grandmother. But Ramos had struck with uh, stuck with the group through all the long months of war. He was very protective, sometimes smothering and... She sighed as rubbing her eyes. I'm up. I'm up. What time is it? She sat on the old couch and had been sleeping on, wincing at, wincing as she tried to sort the knots she'd developed sleeping on her side. Almost 0, 0700. His voice was low and a little sheepish. She looked at him. You were supposed to wake me an hour ago. His grin was lopsided. You needed the sleep. She stood carefully and tottered unste- on unsteady legs, turning her face so she couldn't see her annoyance. Are they waiting? They've only just arrived. One of the reasons I waited. They're not expecting you for another ten minutes. Trying to justify himself. Eva sighed again. Thank you, Ramos. You're right. I did need to sleep. I was up again too late last night. Go tell them I'll be right down. Yes, ma'am. He sounded happier and his footfalls as he left the room were light and confident. Eva stepped into the bathroom off the main living quarters of this second floor flat. Her morning routine sorted. she poured some water out of one of the ration canisters into a stoppered-up sink so she could wash, tried to feel a little less like she'd been slept on a half-rotten couch in an abandoned building. Water dripped down her nose as she reached blindly for one of the pieces of scrap cloth they used for towels to dry her face. When her eyes cleared, she found herself looking at a stranger. Eva had always been on the thin side. She could still remember her mother chiding chiding her, telling her to eat and clean her plate. Now the woman staring back at her was positively gaunt. Bags under her eyes, hair chopped brutally short, and her clothes. The clothes she'd been wearing the day of the attack hadn't lasted two weeks. Never intended for living rough. The homespun outfit she'd stitched for herself would never have passed muster back at the tower, but out here they had to do. At least she'd been able to salvage her trademark shawl, something to remember, remind her of better days. As she drifted into the living room, Eva reflected that better days, of course, were, were why the group was gathered downstairs. All of the underground cell leaders gathered in one place for an important, perhaps final conversation. For the underground, the Red Wall was a stunning victory. They'd won. The only civilians and guardians left in the city were those unwilling or unable to go. Eva frowned, saddened. Every few weeks they heard stories of a group of guardians, overrun from a supposedly secure bunker by the Legion assault. The loss of civilian life had been staggering both in the initial assault and the intervening months. As she looked down into the street, through a slit around the boarded-up window, she had to admit to the feeling of satisfaction. Now all was left for, for the underground itself was to pull out, make for the farm to the, and the safety in numbers of Hawthorne's group. Eva raised her eyes to the empty streets of the distant tower and twisted and ruined. She would stay, she decided. Guardians like Ramos could check on her from time to time, but someone in, na- needed to stay behind and keep the lights on. There's, there could be refugees still alive out there, still hoping for a way out. She turned away from the window to head downstairs when the explosion ripped through the street in front of the apartments. Ava's world turned white. Now this one's called Last Day. This is all the same book that I'm reading, it's just quite a long one. Ava, yeah. for the second time as in in as many minutes, shook her head and tried to understand where she was. There'd been no warning. She heard a few seconds of a whining engine overhead and then a massive explosion ripped through the street in front of the underground apartment. The blast had thrown her to the ground like a doll. Everything hurt and from somewhere close by she could hear the guttural shouting of cabal soldiers. The distinctive sound of Guardian weapons fire was answering. Someone was screaming. Without thinking she was on her feet, lurching towards the far corner where her shotgun lay on a side table. Three steps, four, weapon in hand, checked just in time as the apartment door flew open and a pair of Scions stepped through, weapons ready. Eva Levante, seamstress of the tower, would have been taken aback. The gaunt woman she'd just seen in the mirror had spent months of dry firing the weapon, endless drills and trained for her for action. And her first shot <laughs> took the one on the right in the chest and blew him out the room. It had not prepared her for the kickback, however, and she some and she felt something crack in her arm as the weapon booked against her. The flinch saved her life as she unwittingly pivoted to the side, narrowly avoiding shots from the other cabal creature. Roaring, she ra- raised the weapon, and her answering blast against the far wall. Breathing heavily, she reloaded the weapon with one hand, waited and listening. No more outside that she could hear. Fighting was fierce downstairs. They needed her. She stepped to the door, weapon outstretched, the sound of a war-dog bursting through the apartment window was like another explosion. Eva whirled around as the scaly beast scuttled to her side and another pair threw themselves from the hovering troop transport into the small living space. They landed with surprising grace and three sets of hungry eyes stared at the seamstress. Drool smeared the floor and three sets of fanged mouth worked eagerly. Eva fired. The beasts charged. <laughs> Caretaker. Eva Levante stood leaning against the ivy-covered outer wall of the barn, gazing down at the football field of the, at the farm. The old nets were slack now, needed to be rehung. No one came by. Who cared enough to re- restring them, and the farm's current inhabitants were not the sporty type? Beyond the field were the rolling hills of the European dead zone, and on the horizon twisted, ruined spur that was the shard of the traveller. Her first days back on her feet, recovering from the attack at the apartment. She stared in wonder at that view. Now she was watching the clouds idly royal and collected around the shard. Bored. Eva smiled and shifted her weight off the wall and onto the carved cane that kept her upright. To think after everything that had happened she could be bored. Her first days at the farm had been a whirlwind of medical treatment, rushed through by attendants, already on their way out as she was coming in. It had been the final days of the Red War, a major operation planned to retake the city. One old woman coming in from the underground was a low priority, and in the commotion even the old friend she'd hoped to see had missed her. Now she was alone, or mostly alone. She turned her head to see Cryptarch Tyra Khan, chattering away with the farm's postal frame. Primary operation returned to the city. Darby had become Tyra's unofficial research assistant. Together they continued to study and examine human, humanity's history through the lens of the dead zone. A sideline from the turmoil at the tower, Tyra was apparently only too happy to claim. The scout, Devrin, came by every once in a while, for a chat as well and when he was feeling cheeky he referred to their little group as the Old Hands Club, usually smirking over the top of a cup of tea. Both still had an official jobs to do, of course, and they took their roles very seriously. Her role at the tower had never been one vital to operations, of course, but no one had rushed to ask her back to the market either. Tess and Banshee had reached out once in a while, and she'd given advice on how to set up their new space. But Eva was here at the farm for the lost they travelled into the place in ones and twos they all shared something in common the shard hadn't connected with them they came to sit and stare at it in the distance to talk about how the red war had been as un as unpowered guardians some forced by circumstance to literally sit on the sidelines when the lights had returned some of them reported that it felt different it sat under the skin like a suit that didn't quite fit anymore a diminutive EXO woman was the one was one of the pilgrims, Eva remembered most clearly. She hadn't even known they made exos that sort. The woman shifted and twitched as she talked, unable to calm herself. At the mention of the light fitting differently, a statement she'd heard a lot of guardians make. Eva asked the same question she always did. So does that mean your light is different now, or are you? The EXO stopped and narrowed her eyes, thinking. She was stock still for the first time since arriving at the farm. That was usually how it went. Sometimes asking the question was all it took to get them sorted out. Others took a lot longer. Sometimes spending the weeks at a time at the farm just doing as Eva was, staring up at the shard. Some came to the farm, found no answers, and on the left foot walking towards the great landmark on the horizon, so far as Eva knew, None of them had ever come back through the farm. It was a strange life, a strange time. Another role she'd never asked for, but she found she was good at it. And Eva Levante had no interest in returning to the city.
2: What's interesting is that question, isn't it? Was it the light that changed, or was it us as guardians that changed?
3: Our our view of the light changed.
2: And I think that's what kind of fueled beyond light, really, isn't it? With the, the light and the dark of mm-hmm. how we perceive both of them at the moment.
3: Because mm. I, be, I believe before we lost our light and gained it back, we wouldn't have even l- looked at the darkness. We'd,
2: well, we'd have been that like We also
1: took the light for granted. Yeah, we, we thought that, you know, once we have it, we always have it. You know, I mean, we didn't take, as far as I'm aware, the lessons from the fallen who had it and then lost it, right? We're just like, oh, well, we have it now and now it's eternally within us or whatever right but now that we've lost it and now that we've seen that it can not not only that we've lost it but it can be forcibly taken away from us you know what i mean yeah but there you've got to remember the the, the traveler has Sorry.
3: never lied through the speakers and there's been multiple speakers it's always been well known that the traveler will be here for a time and then it will leave it has always said this. There's no, been no qualms about this. He he, he is going to. He comes into the system. He'll terraform a load of it, and he is going to leave. I say he. It. Sorry. Yeah. So, do you think that the traveller has come into our system, like
2: you said, it's terraformed, and it was about to leave when we kind of it it stayed here, hiding from the darkness, and then when Gaul kind of put its little barrier on it and then it broke apart and now it's reset itself. Maybe the timer's reset itself so that it's still got a considerable amount of time to be with us. Or do you think it's getting ready to go away again? Maybe that's what Lightfall is. Maybe what that's what's gonna happen in year um, three. Who
1: knows? But it I did don't repair know. You itself never... so you, you would think that it's getting ready to bounce, right? Now it's fixed itself, getting ready to go on vacation you know or it's it can
3: sense the darkness there and it's going to finish off what it started and then basically to quote a clan member it's going to do one
2: sorry what it's gonna it's gonna book it out of town
1: okay yeah that's what i was saying okay i mean that's uh, why else would it repair itself you know what i'm saying this whole time it's just been hanging out you know half broken oh crap now the darkness is here well you know what i think you guys are good deuces you know (laughs)
2: <laughs> and it's interesting that people have come in with Beyond Light. They don't even know what the farm is, because no. that's been taken out of the EDC map anyway. It was like the pseudo tower. It was where we went to
3: when we wanted to play football. Um, there, there was a vendor, or oh, do some. Also, do some dodgy Cryptarch stuff because uh, Tyra Lark liked helping us out when it wasn't quite uh, kosher. Yeah, there, there was a arc, There was a vault. There was there a gunsmith. There was until the tower came back online. Shax yeah, was there.
2: Uh, we had the vanguard there for a little bit, didn't we? Until we progressed part of the mission.
3: Yeah, Banshee yeah. and, Sha- and Shax were there. They were they were in the yeah. barn, along with Amanda. So this was before Eva actually got there, wasn't it? So they returned to
2: yeah, the this- tower, or the, the second tower, because this isn't the actual tower we're in at the
3: moment. They returned to the... the Basically, the- Eva got there as we were launching that final attack on... Gaul. Yeah. Okay. We were trying to retake the city at that point. Now that brings us back to Invisible Scars. So just before you... Sorry. I was going to say, before you go on to
2: that, ha- have you guys noticed if you're standing in the tower that we're in today and look across to the old tower, they've started doing... It's being yeah, fixed. Yeah, it's being fixed. They've started doing some construction work. Um, and I did hear that somebody said that it's been data mined that we are potentially going back to the old tower but it's been fixed up i had yeah. heard so that. I thought that was quite interesting that we're now talking about the towers you know falling and we start fixing up the old tower they can't be bothered to fix up that hole by zavala no because we're fixing the other one you see how long, <laughs> long it's taken it's taken nearly three years to fix the other tower you know we had to get the contractors in they knocked up that vex gate in about three
3: in about three I was months say,
2: if we'd have got the same guys that had constructed that Vex Gate for Ikora back at the Season of Undying, we would have <laughs> been fixed and, and
3: done. But yeah, I know what you mean.
1: The ones that followed zero OSHA standards? Yeah.
3: Uh, invisible Scars. The comms unit in Eva's in her little room chirped loudly enough to wake Eva from a sound sleep. Eva had turned the little outbuilding into something of a homey space with the use of fabrics and art. Scavenged from the dead zone. But as often she would wake suddenly these days, it took her a moment to remember where she was. She groaned and as she slid out of bed, using a nearby furniture to steady herself, the damage f- the war beast had done had been extensive, and even now she could feel the tightness in her legs where the braytech had knit the bone and sinew back together. She slumped into the little chair in front of the comms unit. The light from the screen lit the room, which was otherwise almost completely dark. She blearily peered into the unit as the Im- image of Tess Everest re- revolved itself. It was daylight in the city, and Tess was impeccably dressed for work. "'Do you have any idea what time it is here?' Eva asked, allowing the annoyance to seep into her words. "'Yes, I do.' Something in Tess's voice made Eva sit up and look closer. There was a tightness to Tess's face, and she looked frightened. "'Tess, what's going on? Are you all right?' Eva was wide awake now and plucked at the edge of her teal robe to draw it around her. She was suddenly cold. I'm sorry, sweetheart. Just wanted you to know right away. I bet Tyra's getting a call from Rahul right now. Tess looked down and, and away before looking at the camera again. Sweetie, Cade's dead. Something happened out at the reef yesterday. I don't know all the details, but everyone's talking about it. Eva's mouth for- formed a thin worried line. She'd never been overly fond of the Hunter vanguard, but many people looked up to him, relied on him, and it was something... if something was powerful enough to kill Cade Six. The Legion. Tess shook her head, still quiet as far as word goes around here. She gave a dim smile for the first time since Eva had picked up. You know how reliable the rumour mill is, though. It could be anything. Eva sat back in a chair frowning. I'm sorry, dear. I know you liked him. Tess shrugged, trying to play it off. Don't give me that. We weren't swapping stories in the market that long ago. Tess stopped and nodded sadly. They're going to be a memorial service, I think. Will you come back for it? It was Eva's turn to look away from the screen. It was the first time someone had asked her to go back. And a funeral of all things. Eva was about to make an excuse when Tess continued her smoky voice taking on a light tinge of humour. While you were here you can sort out that holiday programming for the frames. Eva's eyes widened. The frames are doing holidays without me. Tess's smile broke into a full grin. We were just as surprised. Somehow all of the holiday gear got packed up along with the critical supplies in the transfer to the new tower and when your programs kicked in they were able to find the tagged crates. Tess picked up her comms unit and angled the lens so it would show the dawning hat sitting on top of a mannequin in the corner of the room. Eva shook her head in disbelief. They did the dawning without me. Tess's face came back into the frame. Over the summer, I Cora got someone to help her set up an event to commemorate the end of the war too. Eva tried not to let her annoyance show on her face. How was it? Tess shook her head from side to side, evaluating. "'Oh, you know, okay.' "'When she saw Eva's mouth tighten, Tess laughed. "'Didn't have your touch, sweetie,' she sighed. "'Oh, it feels good to laugh. "'Come back to the tower. "'Even it's just to pay your respects. "'I haven't given you a hug in what feels like years.' "'In the darkness of her room, Eva turned to look out of her windows. "'On the horizon, the dim glow of the shard was like an anchor, "'a symbol of the past. "'Eva looked back towards her friend and smiled.' You can never go home again. Eva Levante pulled open the door to her storage unit and gagged at the smell. She turned to the two frames who were accompanying her and pointed inside. Start by sanitising the whole space. When it's clean we'll start moving in the crates. The frames both nodded to her and beeped affirmation. They were already sweeping with abandon as they crossed the threshold. Eva Eva stumped back several paces, supported by a cane, to try and avoid getting dirt on her outfit. Around her, the marketplace swirled with activity. Civilians on break ate lunch at the counter. Shoppers browsed the stalls, frames cleaned and patrolled and delivered goods. And guardians were everywhere, a riot of colour and style as they flipped and floated and leapt around the space. Eva scowled, frustrated with herself again for letting Tess and, to an extent, Amanda talked her into returning. None of this felt right. None of it felt comfortable, and now this space had given her to store her wares had apparently last been open and cleaned some time before the faction wars. She found a bench along one of the market's walkways and sank gratefully down, watching the crowd pass by. Fashion always did in the city. It had moved on quickly since the day of the Legion attacked. She was still catching up and still finding her footing. Rebreather and masks, and, imp- and in particular, dotted the faces of the crowd. More stylish and ornamental than practical, a hand, a holdover from necessity in the days of rebuilding and restoring the city, and the guardians. Tess had spent much of their time together since returning, fillier, filling her in on fashion trends among the light bearers set, and Eva was incredibly impressed. Tess, the foundries, even the vanguard had outdone themselves armor designs and shader schemes had improved dramatically since her days in the old tower.
1: And this is when we got the new shader styles that look like rusty and whatnot?
3: Yeah. What am I even going to do here? She muttered to herself. What, can I do that? She trailed off, watching a guardian walk by with, with what appeared to be a full crest rising above his helmet and a warlock robe that flowed and rippled behind him in the breeze. That's it, Eva stood, heading to the door, tell the frames to stop cleaning, then someone stepped in the path a guardian in a leather trench coat and a shiny black helm. Eva? The voice was distorted. She could see her own reflection in the helmet, confused. The gloved hands came up and the headpiece came off, revealing the smiling face of Ramos. Abuela, it's me! He pulled her into an enormous hug as he smiled. "'You rascal, you never gave me the chance to say thank you.' "'She swatted him kindly on the shoulder as she pulled away. "'Just saves a woman's life and then ride off to retake the city, why don't you?' "'Ramos laughed happier than she'd ever seen him. "'The light, hug around, light hung around him easily, "'and he turned to a pair of guardians who were standing nearby, watching tensely. "'Team, this is Eva Levante. You remember my stories. "'This woman is a legend.' She gest- gestured at the two. Eva, these two are shiny as glimmer. Just became guardians just before the Legion attacked. Eva nodded her head deeply to them. Good to meet you both. One raised her hand in an awkward greeting. The other cocked her head. What do you do here? Eva sighed. Oh, I'm not... Thank you! Somebody <laughs> asked!
1: <laughs>
3: oh, I'm not... Oh. I'm not actually... Rama. laughed... Last- and said she's phenomenal seamstress a hero of the war and she is one of the pillars of life in the tower remember the dawning holiday you like so much she brought that to the tower the two turned to her impressed how did you get as a agreed to to eva smiled to have fun she laughed at the responses she got from all the three guardians and tapped her cane twice on the ground that's a that's a good story if you have some time Ramos laughed, absolutely, come, let's get some food and we can help these kindergartens learn a thing or two what it means to be part of the Tower. With help from a friend, Eva Levante walked easily across the market square of the Tower, uh, bastion of the last safe city, home. And that's that book about Eva Levante. And it, it says a lot about the Dawning. The Dawning is basically, they've taken christmas hanukkah all the holidays of, around this time of year and, and made their own and that's what the dawning is it's just a celebration of life
1: okay i mean and it, i it thought also, we knew that I, well is there like a, a follow-up to that well no it's, <laughs>
3: I, I don't know how much people know and I'm I'm just trying to explain there's some people that have just come into the game yesterday but there've been oh, other old hands here yeah, since yeah. on day Fair one enough. and it it's just literally that. It's it's everything around this time of year, Christmas, Hanukkah is it Hanukkah? I can't can't remember. But yeah, it's Han- it's just one yeah. big celebration of life. Um And she's the one that brought brought this to the tower. And it okay. shows you she's just not this old crazy stranger lady that gives you machine guns for baking cookies
1: just she's not just just lady. Yes. no
3: she's <laughs> she can <laughs> handle herself, and she helped so many yeah. people during the red war it store the law like this I actually quite like these short stories like this, where it gives you a an in, a better insight to a character that you would generally wouldn't think, oh, she's back again and
1: Yeah, I mean, that's right. I mean, at least somebody like me that had no idea who she was or what she was there for, right? Because I'm just like, who is this woman? She only comes during the holidays, and that's it, right? Yeah. I didn't know any lore about her. So, okay, granted, I know a little more, and granted, you know, she has some clout, let's say, right?
3: Well, she can make D'Vala smile.
1: Oh, no, I mean... I've seen Savala smile before it doesn't take much just you know a battle one or something I don't know I have no idea where I'm going with this point is is you're right it is nice to know something about a character that you thought was otherwise useless pointless you know so even if you know her 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 appearance in the game was just like oh she's back again at least we know that hey at one point in time she did some pretty uh, pretty cool stuff
3: we i you had some questions last week i can't remember who they were from but they were asking if there were other lore podcasts out there
1: uh yeah guardians of lore was one. Yeah, they, well yeah we, we didn't know if y'all were a podcast or just like 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 a group or whatever cuz had mentioned them before right the and guardians like, of
3: lore started off as a podcast
1: Oh there you go it
3: it is purely that then they created a, uh, a, a their own server now, have you ever heard of the Focused Fire chat?
1: No. Well, yes. Well,
3: they've they've been around for a long, long time discussing the law. They've had the likes of Mylin Games on, Bife's been on the show. Ah. And they've been around for a long time and just recently they've just amalgamated both of their discords together into one How massive is. law center. And they've called it the Law Hub, ah. which was a But if you I, think,
1: want... I think you mentioned that before. I, that sounds familiar, Lore Hub. I don't know if you've said that before, if I came across it, like, looking something up. I don't know.
3: Possibly. Now, if you want to just have the law read to you, and you don't want anything else, the best one out there, currently, is the Destiny Law Audio Files. That's Audio Files with a PH, not an F if you want the law read to you with a bit of discussion and some explanation in it then you have the guardians of law now if you already know a bit about law and just want a bit more discussion and a bit of in-depth in discussion about it then you move on to focus fire chat because well, uh, that go. that that actually already relies on you knowing a good deal about the law before actually going into understanding and explaining some of the actual <laughs> To, to be honest some of it even goes over my i've i've been looking at the law for quite some time now and uh, even some of the stuff they discuss on there goes right over my head uh, blue is such an well, intelligent bloke
1: <laughs> yeah um if you could if you could like put that in a list or something so we could post it on their web page that'd be great
3: yeah that's uh not a problem i can do that well you can find them all on like us on on Google podcast well, not on... just
1: the names but like how you just explained in what order to do it based on your knowledge level that's more what i'm worried about hey if you know if you're at this level go here if you're at this level go here but it's
3: not it's this level, <laughs> when when i I've, i found focus fire chat first i just dived straight in the deep end and i, I to be honest i oh. quite enjoyed it i learned quite a bit from them and it was through them i found everything else
1: so there is one thing i wanted to bring up okay earlier when uh Tess was having that conversation with that individual about hey you know why should we bring them with us or whatever right she's like you know how many times they've they've put their lives on the line for us well playing devil's advocate here if you knew you could do something without getting killed right is it really a risk
3: it's always a risk with Guardians. Look what happened to Cade. He went in there with a blase attitude and they killed his ghost and then they killed him.
1: Right. right. So they're but not
3: completely immortal.
1: Their ghost is their weakness, yes. I get that. But in the grand scheme of things, right, freaking it I don't know, man. I don't know. Like when you when you're freaking semi immortal uh I don't, I don't really see the whole risking your life thing. I mean, yeah, okay. So everything has a level of risk to it, right? A guardian can have their ghost killed, and they could potentially lose their light. But it's about the same risk as flying in an airplane. You know, it's like, oh, you're risking your life flying in an airplane. Could you die? Absolutely. Are you likely to die? Eh, not really. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm saying. Like, I I get where both sides are coming from in that particular argument, you know? Because they're like, well, you know how many times they risked their life for us. But did they, though? Did they really? You know? Because they are functionally immortal, right? Because if Guardians were that easy to kill, the Warlords of lore would not have even been a, a concern, Right. Yeah. Yeah. Can they be killed? Yeah. Is it easy to kill them? Hell no. <laughs> 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 so it's just like, you're right. Yeah, they can be killed. But, you know, at what cost? At at, at, at what length would you have to go through to kill, them, to kill them, right? And if the ghost is smart, right? Let's say you freaking... All right. So... The ghost itself, when it dematerializes or whatever, what does it go? Um, hides under your armor. But it's it's still physically there, because I was thinking like if you're if you're a guardian and you get killed, let's say you you got Wally bopped in the field, you weren't paying attention, <coughs> whatever. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> wally bopped. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So they want on meet. You got Wally bopped, and um, now you're waiting to resurrect. But, like, hey, okay, they're waiting for that ghost to pop out and resurrect you so they can you know, cap it or whatever. What if the ghost just knows this and doesn't come out? It's like, you know what? I know that they're waiting for me to come out, so I'm going to hang out here for how long, right? So if the ghost never comes out and they've killed the guardian, right? Yeah how long can the ghost essentially just wait to revive the guardian like if they grab the body and they freaking throw the body in a furnace and you know bake it to bits will the ghost still materialize and resurrect the ashes of the guardian into what it was i mean what's the well, extent say, of guardian resurrection they,
3: they did that to Reslazir um before he turned into um dredgen Law uh, dredgen dredgen yore dredgen yeah now basically what he did he went into a massive firefight with a load of fallen got killed they thought yes we've got him we've, uh, we, we've, we've killed him let's just leave it at that yeah. Yeah. they started to disappear off or started to let down their guard his ghost rezzed him and he just basically supered the whole lot in one go because they're, they're
1: all
3: right. so that that proved they can actually choose how long to re, how long not to res them for and there re, has even been yeah, case, but... there has even been cases in back in the dark ages of uh of warlords not being actually resurrected by the ghost of because of what they've been doing
1: okay so what you're saying is i i know that the ghost doesn't have to immediately revive at that second right but how much damage can the guardian's body sustain and the ghost still resurrect like can a guardian be effectively atomized can a guardian be caught in a nuclear blast completely reduced to yes they can basically dust and then the ghost it's it's happened okay so therein lies my question where the hell is the ghost at? Where the body, where the guardian's body gets eviscerated, but the ghost still materializes out of God knows where, right? Because if they're but, under their armor, they're still physically there. So if the guardian gets vaporized, so does the ghost. Boom, done, right?
3: Well, that's all I can presume then. They go off to a similar place that the the planets and the Leviathan have gone to.
1: Okay
3: that's that's theory that's not confirmed by the way okay yep i hear uh, you to be honest we it, all it say, all i've seen it say in lore it uh, materializes and dematerializes
1: the ghost itself you mean yes got you
3: and uh, we already know they can they can pick us up from virtually nothing
1: mhm that we do yes all right. Well, that's one question answered. Yes. Asked and answered. Okay.
3: Sure. Uh, before we go, I just wanted to say thanks for the comments from Planto999, and I got a private message through the uh, the Bungie Destiny Two Companion app, saying two Titans and a Hunter. Keep up the good work uh, with the podcast, you lot. There's the thank you very much for the comments.
1: Yep. And you can't stop us. So, of course, we're going to keep it up. That sounded a lot better in my head, and it didn't come out quite as badass as I was hoping it would. So, um, we're going to leave it at that. Yes.
2: (laughs) So, just a few things to go through before the end of the show. Next week in Destiny... We have earned double Nightfall the Ordeal rewards all week, plus earned double Platinum rewards in the Nightfall Ordeal all weekend. So that's going to be January the 2nd and January the 3rd, that you can earn on top of the double Ordeal Nightfall rewards to begin with. And the Nightfall boss is going to be the Transcendent Mind in the Glassway Nightfall on Europa. And Shaxx is going to be bringing Mayhem to the Crucible. So this is also known as Dawning Essence Farming because the matches are so, so quick. So that's going to be worth jumping into if you are farming the Dawning Essence. And on that note, Bungie have tweeted out in the last week to say that they are enabling triple Dawning Spirit Awards from all sources for the remainder of the Dawning Event 2020. That's from Bungie Help. They are also investigating an issue where PS5 players can't view their clan rosters in game and they're going to be targeting a mid-January for a fix for this. At this time it is recommended that PS5 players add to their friends list. Also another issue that has come up is that the True Prophecy hand cannon was removed. It was in one of the patch notes previously on one of the 12s in the past couple of weeks and Cosmo was taken to Reddit just to clarify the reason why. True Prophecy was removed due to adding the 7th Seraph hand cannon and wanting to make sure the world pool has a balanced distribution. Those two along with Dire Promise would mean players would be getting more kinetic hand cannons over other drops in the world pool. And our goal is to ensure players have a wide variety of archetypes in the world pool. Spoiler, we do have two new 120 hand cannons coming next season for anyone who is enjoying that sub archetype. So if you have got a True Prophecy, at the moment it's a very very good role and it's worth hanging on to with that i'd like to point you in the direction of some tips tricks and guides this week only a couple astrocross gaming has finally come to the realization that the true prophecy hand cannon is one of the best hand cannons in the game after us highlighting it weeks back when you were able to get it he's got a video on how good it is so it's worth having a look if you have got one in your vault Um, taking everyone's advice on this, that it's a really good hand cannon. Another couple of videos, I'll point you again in the direction of Abby Hour with her penguins that she does each week to show you the locations for that and the drone nodes that you can shoot to get those triumphs done as well. So I will link those in the show notes. Plus, Patakakes Gaming has done another in-depth interview with another YouTuber going into PvP and... Again, like he did last week with his video. This is Castle is Live and another Destiny youtuber who's very very good at PvP and they break down the gameplays and things that you should stop doing in PvP. Again, 50-minute video, but it is well worth the watch and listen to if you are wanting to improve your skill at PvP. Again, if you're new to Destiny, if you're new to Beyond Light and getting into playing the game. This is a very, very good video for getting into PvP. Just to let you guys know that the Twitch Prime rewards have reset. So there's a new set of rewards for you for this next month, which include the Exotic Hardlight, the Hardlight Brummel Dawn Exotic Weapon Ornament, the Winter Lotus Shell Exotic Ghost, and the Home Away Exotic Ship. So that's another good bundle for you guys to pick up if you are subscribed to prime gaming and you've linked your bungee.net account so if you have amazon prime in your household it's worth linking that up to your bungee.net account and then getting some free loot especially when it's exotics worth it and finally cool guy has a really really good video on the icefall mantles and how to use them properly. So this is the Titan exotic gauntlets that you can get that instead of giving you a barrier they will give you an overshield when you, when it's fully charged basically and it will give you an overshield for 20 seconds. I've been using this wrong. I've been using it with the stasis subclass and that is the wrong subclass to be using it with because there are a lot of drawbacks to using that with this subclass. So he's got a really good video on what he recommends is the best subclass to use it with. And it does look like it works really well. And it's something I'm definitely going to try for the next Iron Banner. And that's it, guys. That's the end of the Christmas episode of our show. And I suppose it's now over to Parody to um, take us out.
0: Well, friends, I hope your, your hearts are full, your glasses are empty. Thank you for joining us. Your Titans are parody and Night Demon. Your Hunter is no one response in real life. Your Lore Scribe, bringing you all the holiday stories, is not ARF. You can email the show at 2 Hunter at hotmail.com. Find the show on Twitter at 2titans underscore Hunter. We're on Instagram and Facebook, 2 Hunter. If you need raid help, Guardian Hunter, Guardian Downcast, really they can help you if you go to lfg.frozen.party. We're here to offer lore reading, raid hindrance, trials hurt, and all the giggling and good feelings you can find. As always, find your favorite Guardian on Xbox Live and Respawn on PC. Night Demon, coming in 2021 exclusively on Google Stadia. Watch the show on YouTube, listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and everywhere you can find audio across the internet. Night Demon, Respawn. Wish the people a Merry Christmas and a good night. Merry
1: Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays.
0: We wish
1: you a a merry destiny. We wish you a merry destiny. We wish you a merry destiny. And all the homicides killing the Vex and Cabal are going to be next. And I can't hold a tune, so this is the best that you get. (laughs) That was
0: pretty good. That was pretty (laughs) good. I'm impressed. Oh dude. I might have sort of referred to you as our singing hunter no one responds in real life. No. <laughs> <laughs>